Uh, hello. Uh, welcome uh, to the Super Friends. Your your name is Darkwing Duck. You mentioned that you're also a superhero. That's right, my heroic humanoid haberdasher. I protect the city from any foul business. Evildoers know better than to muddy the pond of St. Canard while I'm around. I see. Uh, I, I'm not the haberdasher. I'm Superman. Um, that That's alright, that's alright. Um, according to this file you sent over, you've been a superhero for several years. Why are you trying to join us now? <laughs> well, to be honest, I could, I could really use the benefits. Though my vigilante crime-fighting business is booming... Putting dastardly ducks behind bars just doesn't pay the bills. Besides, I've thought for some time that you could all learn a thing or two from a real hero. I mean, I can only imagine how your little organization has gotten on without me for so long. <coughs> uh, well, what what exactly do you feel you can offer to the to our super team? We you know we already have quite a few uh, very powerful superheroes. Do you have any superpowers? Yeah, <laughs> superpowers. The only superpowers I ever need are my keen, crime-fighting super-senses, honed from a lifetime of pursuing pompous perpetrators. And no one on your team has the stalwart determination of a stocky drake, yet the sly cunning of a graceful swan. What, you think you big shots are so tough with your with your underwear on the outside and your colorful logos and your, your necessarily retconned backstories? Frankly, I think it's a miracle you guys haven't died yet. Well, uh, thanks very much for your time. We'll we'll keep your resume on file, and uh, we'll have, call you. You have no idea what forces of genuine juicy justice you are denying. I'm not your mild-mannered, maladjusted mallard with a mask. I'm Darkwing Duck. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the thorns on your sweetheart's Aren't roses. We I am the wind that blows up, away your hat. I am the ottoman you stub right, your duck, toe on in the dark. I am the lone mismatched sock in your laundry. <laughs> I am the cheese at the end of the maze. I am the hum in your stubborn. fluorescent bulbs. I am the tab on your soda pop that gets lost in the cane. Do we have any trap doors or something? I am the film on your 8x11 glossy. I am the child kicking the back of All your right, seat in the theater. For now. I am the mandatory gratuity at the end of your meal. I am the cowlick that just won't stay down. I am the rising price of college for your kids. I am the aphids that crawl in your garden. Uh... I am the tomato that ruins your stand-up. I am the blender that has no top. I am the mustard that won't come out of your tie. I am the theft warning before all of your movies. I am the the wrong flavor of non-dairy creamer. I told you I had a lot of them. <laughs> so many. I can't wait to, to listen to those and hear what they are. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's there's quite a few of them. I was pretty proud of my duck puns and my responses. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> Do you think that we should? Uh, I we you should threw start... me when you say when you said uh, Bill. What's that? <laughs> you threw me when you said Bill. I'm like, yeah. Oh, should I draw attention to that? Pretty good, right? <laughs> I Not think bad. it's better if we just kind of like leave it. <laughs> yeah. Uh. All right. Well. Um. 
My name is Ben. And I am Zane. And we are your hosts for the Carton Cast. That's right. We are the terror that flaps in the night. We are the <laughs> podcast that examines old cartoons. We <laughs> are the ones who watch Darkwing Duck. That's right. I was going to do... I always have one ready, and then I forget about it because I'm too wrapped up in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think we're, we're saturated with those we are the blank that blanks in the blank. Yeah, I definitely, man. <laughs> you you could just hook up like a like a random word generator to that. There's a lot of uh, there's a, there's a huge like uh, supercut of that um, on YouTube, like a ten oh, minute. I don't, I don't doubt it. <laughs> it's really good. It's that's like right among my favorite supercuts, right behind Tim Toolman Taylor grunting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was always uh, a highlight listening to those uh, those things. But yes, we are the Carton Cast. Um, soon to actually be up in website form. So if you're listening to this, it's because we succeeded. Yay! So yeah, this um this this week we are going to be talking about Darkwing Duck, and I could not be more excited. Yeah, you you also had not seen this uh, when you suggested it, right? No, I had not. I was aware of the theme song uh very vaguely because oh, the, david the and i were sold me instantly oh we'll of course get, it we'll did get into that <laughs> absolutely and yeah we absolutely will and you know it's com- uh, a reoccurring theme of this you know podcast is that we just keep on listening to really really good theme songs because they actually <laughs> they put a lot of character into them back then yeah but uh yeah i'm i'm also you know really excited to talk about this because it's our first duck themed uh you know, uh, episode. Yeah. But and probably like our third or fourth Batman-themed episode. That's true. <laughs> Talk <laughs> we, about Batman. We have a, a problem. <laughs> this isn't exclusively Batman parodying, though. Right. It, right. It's More than anything else, it's probably more like the spirit. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but it's pretty good. It's so a little bit weird. Same Gabriel Jackson. Mocked, or was that the, the Shadow? Are those the same thing? Those are different. Oh, you're right. I think I am thinking of the Shadow. Maybe I'm thinking of the Spirit. Only Remind the shadow knows <laughs> if he's the shadow or the spirit. We are the shadows. So, um, yes, this is Darkwing Duck, however. Um, unlike Batman, I get to tie in my love of ducks. Uh, <laughs> yes, which and is I'm sure you have. Why don't you give us a duck fact right now? Okay, so uh, I, I also <laughs> looked at Wikipedia for a good number of duck facts, which I'll just pepper in throughout the show. <laughs> um, but, uh, so the word duck comes from the Old English douche. Or for diver, it might be say I don't remember. I don't really know how they pronounce those things. If it well, well, that's from the, um, you know, that's a common theme in a number of languages, the douche sort of thing, which which yeah. generally just means flowing water. Yeah, or a uh, douchebag. But douchebag, uh, the German means, uh, the German literally means shower. Yeah. Um, in this, th- this the old English douche means diver, or the way they display the duck butt. Well, they're upending, which is an actual, <laughs> which is an actual duck term. <laughs> so, is that a duck term in the same way that uh, you know Batman has bat terms for his bat equipment? I, that's more just like a prefix or like a brand name, <laughs> not so much a term. Like I don't think all bats have bat before their possessions, right? If they have their possessions. Right. So, well, uh, uh, say, uh, why don't you tell us about Darkwing Duck? Uh, Darkwing Douche ran on the. <laughs> Disney Channel, and later on ABC from 1991 to 1992, uh, but with reruns going until 95. 
Right, and it was a spin-off of DuckTales, which went from 1987 to 1990, but uh, the world, much like Weird Al, decided it wanted a new duck, and so Darkwing <laughs> Duck was born as a spin-off. Um, and it's it's interesting I, that I hadn't really been aware of this show, because I'm... I, it's I'm not everything a fan of, we love. I'm not a, I've never seen DuckTales, but I'm a fan of Donald Duck as a concept. Like, I, DuckTales I like didn't the, have Donald Duck. No, it had Scrooge Mc... It was set in the Duck... Donald Duck continuity. Yeah, Walt Disney really has a love with ducks. He's go- he's built an entire duck dynasty. Um, <laughs> Do- Donald Duck, Daffy Duck, Howard the Duck, no, the Mighty no, da- Ducks. That is that is the thing. Daffy Duck is not. He is uh, Warner Brothers. And that, uh, that, you know what? You're right. And that fits. Um, that's a big thing that I want to get into later. Is what that, about Plucky um, Duck? Plucky Duck is the junior form of Daffy Duck. So he's uh, also Warner Brothers. He's guilty by. By association, Duck being association. with Warner Brothers. Yeah, but th- this show was Disney. Uh, it was created by Tad Stones, who also had a hand in a couple of TV shows based on other hit animated Disney movies, like Aladdin and mm-hmm. uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Most recently, he's been working on uh, Bob's Burgers, which I haven't seen, oh. but people tell me is good. It is good. It it's sort of well, you know, anything with John Benjamin, I I I'm instantly sold on. H. John that, Benjamin. That 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 voice can do anything for me that the series does not but uh bob's burgers is actually not too bad it's just i don't know it's it's a little bit mm, i don't don't love the humor but the voice acting is incredible so yeah that's kind of what i've figured from the clips i've seen yeah it's so that people have forcefully shown me i should say yeah man is there anything worse than like a youtube party yeah just people showing each other clips and having to, you know, backpedal when they're not as funny as they remember them being. The problem with the Bob's Burgers clips is that they sh- that they showed me is whenever I hear that voice, I'm just like, well, why aren't we watching Archer? Or Venture Brothers. Is he on Venture Brothers? Who is he in, uh... He's the master. Oh! Yeah, which is a perfect voice acting cast for that exact situation, because the entire idea is that it's supposed to be contrasting, you know, Dr. Orpheus's yeah. haughty nature. <laughs> Which sort of ties back into the show. I found a lot of, like, Venture Brothers parallels. Hmm. But, um, yeah, later on, Darkwing Duck, to get back to Darkwing Duck, it also became a comic book later on. Um, and I actually just... Think <laughs> We've it... come full circle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, later on in the 90s, not the 50s, it became a comic Um, I remember, I just think you remember getting a Darkwing Duck comic book for a free comic book day in, like, 2007 or something. Really? Um... Maybe even 2010. I don't remember it, but it had Darkwing yeah, Duck kind of being together. Yeah, it, it had Darkwing being much older. Um, <laughs> after he had like retired from crime fighting, a la Batman Beyond. Yeah, the Darkwing Beyond series. Yeah, it actually felt like a lot, a lot like the first few pages of Watchmen. Huh. Mm-hmm. Which man? Can you imagine Solomon Grundy Wayne being in Watchmen? He'd fit there like a glove. Solomon Grundy. <laughs> so, I, I'm never going to not call him that. That's what he looks like. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm I'm back back home. I've been reading my comics, and every time he shows up, I'm like, "There's, there are a lot of different like mindless rampaging things that you could put in this situation. Yeah. Why Grundy? Well, he rose to the top. He's everywhere. He was the best in the biz. I can't avoid him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's infragable. Um, so, anyway, uh, so yeah, getting back to the, the Duck Dynasty. What is it, what is Darkwing Duck about? So Darkwing Duck follows mild-mannered Drake Mallard as he <laughs> tries to great. jump into the glorious, fast-paced world of crime fighting. 
but is notably not too successful or renowned. And in fact, his failure in this pursuit is, uh, you know, kind of the main theme of the show, like his inability to make real his dreams, um, yeah. which brings back the whole Venture Brothers thing. Yeah, it's a show about failure. It is a little bit, um, but it's it's not just about failure. It's about right. the difference between what he wants and what he has, and him kind of... His his machinations, his motivations are textured by his super fans. Um, yeah. Goslin, his uh, his adopted daughter, and Launchpad <laughs> McQuack. A, uh, Great name. <laughs> yeah. Which... By the way, I'm naming my kid Launchpad. That is <laughs> yeah, that's that's fantastic. Given, I hope that's his given name. <laughs> like, um, it's not even a duck pun. It's just, name him Launchpad. <laughs> like, he could be a porn star, a wrestler, and whatever he wants, but he is notably a bad pilot, um, both of whom feed, his, feed Darkwing's ego and kind of ground him to reality, and a lot of the best parts of the show are having him kind of have to dance between being a wannabe superhero and, you know, doing right by his family and friends. Yeah, and, and the show itself acts as both a, a satire and a parody of Classic superhero and spy stories. Sure, a really I, loving I, one, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the best parodies can stand on their own as parts of that genre, I think. Um, like, but a, also, like main but, one. But also show, like, the faults within them. Uh, give, give me a good parody for that. Ugh. You're asking me to give examples and back up my random claims with evidence? <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's not too much trouble. I'm trying to think of any parodies right now, and for some reason I can't come up with them. Well, you know, I, I hate being you know, on the spot. I can think of plenty of musical examples. You know, the, the Weird Al parodies are great as parodies of the music that he's copying, but also fun songs in and of themselves. Oh, yeah, well. and he, to my knowledge, always tries to get permission for the songs that he's parodying, and most yeah. people are flattered. And there's also a lot in, in comic books, especially the early comic books. Um, mm -hmm. I, I read a book about uh, when comic books kind of became a real medium like that people respected as an art form and it was when it was once it became established enough that you could parody the conventions of it yeah and yeah. he made and and the author made the claim like that's true of any medium once it, once you understand how a genre works well enough to make fun of it then it has become legitimate yeah i mean that that's sort of a, a mark of legitimacy in its own right sort of the whole imitation is the serious sincerest form of flattery Right, and it's why I make fun of you so much. It's because <laughs> I'm trying to give There's you legitimacy that you are so sorely lacking on your own. I really need your help. <laughs> just, just, just go ahead, think of me as a dartboard. Um, that's sort of a TV tropes thing, too. Like, yes, they are tropes. Yes, they're, you know, uh, not not really worn out, overdone cliches, but they've appeared so many times. It's, but it's, it's lovingly cataloging the similarities. And yeah. there's a reason that these things have worked. And just drawing attention to that fact and kind of playing with the mechanics of it, that's that's not something that uh, inherently means that thing that you're targeting is bad. Yeah. Not in the slightest. Um, so um, I should say that um, the city that he works in, St. Canard. St. Canard. Canard, I looked this up, has two definitions. It All can right. be a wing-like projection, which suits the, you know the character, uh -huh. um, but it's also an unfounded rumor or story. That's which, great. Which I really like. That's so good. Because <laughs> that is who he is. Yeah, he's both a he's both an unfounded story and a wing-like projection. He is a clown on the wing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> There's a clown on the wing. Oh, there you go. Johnny Bravo. That's a great parody show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although that's a little bit more scathing than this. This is mostly loving. 
Scooby-Doo kind of became a parody of itself after a while. And everything else kind of became a parody of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I guess Venture Brothers is also a parody of both Scooby-Doo and Johnny Quest and all that stuff. But, it, you know, there's they, they, they make fun of themselves enough that you can't really get mad at them for making fun of the source material. Sure. Um, but, yeah, that's that's a really good point about, you know... Uh, I mean, and this is a spinoff of DuckTales, so it's not as though it's entirely original. It's got Launchpad McQuack, and he's a legacy character. <laughs> right. Ridiculously enough. If you were going to pick one character, one Duck-themed character from DuckTales, who's the one who stands out the most and can be <laughs> reasonably inserted into that? Well, I would not uh, think Launchpad. Well, Launchpad by virtue of the show, became the first Disney character in two separate animated series. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Isn't it? It's probably because he can do more push-ups than anyone else, because he's got one of those Buck Todd Russell sort of, uh... <laughs> sort physiques. of bodies. Yeah, <laughs> which is great. We need, we need a better term for that than the first person we noticed on this show. That I disagree. That. I entirely disagree. It's <laughs> perfectly, <laughs> It's perfectly expressive, and I can't think of a better example. You just like saying the name. It's great! Buck Tud Russell! Um, name! So Why, why don't you name your kid Launchpad Buck Tud, Mus Buck Tud Russell uh, McRelliford or something? <laughs> Maybe I'll bleep that out because I don't know if anyone should know her last name. <laughs> anyway! Um, <laughs> um, so, should we but talk you know about who, characters? Yeah, you know whose last names we can say is the voice actors. Oh, yeah, go ahead! Uh, <laughs> Come so, on! Uh, Darkwing Duck is yes. voiced by uh, Jim Cummings. He did a lot of work for Disney, from what I yeah, saw. Yeah, he's been in several different animated movies. Uh, he provided the voices of um, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger in the late 80s animated show. More importantly, uh, when the actor Jeremy Irons, the voice of Scar in The Lion King, developed local <laughs> vocal problems for the song Be Prepared, Cummings pitched in to replace him for the rest of the song. Which, you know, good on him. Like Man, any... you can be three or four degrees removed from Jeremy Irons, and I'm a fan, but <laughs> like this is... Yeah, you deserve greatness just by just by proximity on that one. I thought I thought that he was a great voice actor for Darkwing. Um, oh sure. At first, it was a little bit hard to get used to because the intro uh, features not Tim Cummings but uh, Barry White as the voice. Of <laughs> Is that really? No, <laughs> but it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, he does like the super low. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Let's um, get dangerous. Yeah, that's so good. I love that line. That's a great. That's a great tagline. That like is so out of place for such a comical show, but they do get dark sometimes. That's that's kind of going to be the, the, the fulcrum of our discussion of the show, but uh, mm -hmm. I think we should set it up with what the characters are. Yeah. So uh, Darkwing is, I think, a great superhero character just because he's so textured and multidimensional. Um, he's fairly competent in most ways, but he really lets his you know glory-seeking ways get the, get, the, get the best of him. Um, yeah. So those are... You know, he's not really famous, but he's clearly a competent crime fighter, which is fairly antithetical. And seeing him deal with those two different aspects of his life is, you know, kind of the main the main draw to his character. I feel like he's competent, like, he understands the conventions of, of the genre, like he understands what's going on around him. But I think he also gets tripped up by them a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just... You know, he should know by now that his ego is his biggest enemy. He does. Like, on a lot of occasions, he has Aesop on the amnesia a lot of episodes. <laughs> but he, he, he's not without an ego, yes. 
but he is clearly moral, despite his, you know, lore-grabbing ways. Um, but even so, not beyond humility at times, so he's just, he's just very, he's very deep. Like, this, this duck has swam out in the deep waters. I'm just wondering, like, how he developed his action skills and detective abilities, considering his crippling egomania. He like, has you one of those at, multiple choice backstories that doesn't explain where he came from, <laughs> yeah, which like, I really at, like. You look at Batman, and he works because he's both highly effective and his personality reflects, you know, it, it's a highly effective way of developing skills, is, is his personality. Oh, yeah, Darkwing and he's consistent enough to be has the skills, but how did he get there? He, I don't know how he got the, the skills without having, you know, tampered down his less... <laughs> less effective qualities. And that's what I... I think that's what I like about him, is he's surprisingly realistic as a hero. You know, if you had a real-life superhero, he'd be a really flawed, like, psychotic, almost, individual. He's not quite psychotic, but he is clearly flawed. He, you know, he's not beyond... His behavior, his motivations are not beyond himself. Like, you can... I can clearly see him doing, like, a press release and, like, having, like, a... You know, a, a like a Pepsi logo on his on his ch- jacket or something like that, and like <laughs> facing the camera and being like, oh, "When I fight crime, I work up a thirst." You know, kind of like a Captain Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he's not a Samurai Jack who is more or less one note. The um, the yeah. thing that I noticed, you know, Ducktales and you know Scrooge McDuck and and Donald Duck and, and those those duck characters have a yes. very they have a specific aesthetic. Um, you know, they have the kind of squacky, squeaky. What am I saying? Squeaky. I, I don't know. Squeak, Squ- squabbly. Squawky. They have this kind of squawky. You're thinking carrots, voice. I think. You know, I, I can't do it. I know people who they can don't, do it though. really well. Not all of them. You're thinking of Donald Duck with a. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the sound. The one no, that sort of I, sounds like a chittering gopher. But I looked online, and uh, uh, you know, Scrooge McDuck. You know, doesn't have that, but he has his own kind of characteristic accent. But Darkwing yeah, doesn't Duck doesn't he sound like a, a northern gentleman or something yeah, like he that? He does. But Darkwing Duck sounds more like more like Daffy Duck than anything that's already in the continuity. He does sound similar to Daffy Duck without the list. And that's the thing. This whole this whole show felt like it had a Looney Tunes aesthetic, even though that was WB and not Disney. Yeah, that's true. Like, like right down to the gag where a refrigerator falls on somebody and then they appear inside it. Like this is. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. It's almost like he's trying to be too serious for his genre. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he kind of reminded me of Kick-Ass a little bit as well. Yeah, Just, yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's grasping beyond his means, and he's not letting the completely, uh, not serious, but consistent world around him tell him off. He kind of reminds me of the Monarch, actually. Yeah. Like, he's just way into it, where uh, most other people are like, why are you so into this thing? Yes, we need heroes and villains, but you don't have to be weird about it. Yeah, like, um... He's just like, upset. you guys don't get it. Yeah, he'll get upset when somebody else isn't following, like, the rules of, yeah. of super fighting. Yeah, you're supposed to make an entrance like this. Didn't you read the manual? <laughs> yeah. He, uh, this is actually a very rich uh, sort of archetype where a person who's trying to be a crime fighter has all of these uh, self-imposed rules for, mm-hmm. for their own, like, uh, heroic image. Um, like Nuclear Man, actually, I thought. Yeah. Well, I was thinking it dates all the way back to, like, Don Quixote. Yeah, sort of. He he has this... And, and Nuclear Man, too. Um, but yeah, he, he kind of denies anything that view. isn't part of his worldview, yeah. 
But the difference here is that the things he's fighting are actually villainous. I don't know why nobody else like pays as much attention to it as he does. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I guess they're You would yeah. think there would be more heroes. Um, there are a few. I mean there's right. Gizmo Duck. There's Gizmo Duck. <laughs> Which man, remember I was talking last time about how the, the in Samurai Jack there was that black character with tire treads? This guy yeah. is just the straight up unicycle man. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like the four hundred dollar man. Like, they didn't try very hard to rebuild him. They're just like, what do we have in the shop? What do we We have in the garage? Unicycle, chassis, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) Yeah, get get the, get, get Electro Gopher over here to power him up. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the other characters, I think, are also, um, pretty interesting in, as far as they reflect on Darkwing, because Darkwing's most interesting aspects are how human he is, uh, when he's not you know, up his own ass with vigilante justice. Yeah. Like, he clearly appreciates Goslin, the adro- adopted daughter, as his oh, he family. Lo- he loves Goslin. Yeah, and they're totally cute together. Goslin they're... is adorable. Like she's she's full of spirit. Yeah, she reminds me of Jade Chan, actually. Yeah, yeah. And she's essentially a kid version of Darkwing. She like bites off more than she can chew, but has good intentions and not a small amount of cunning. Ben ducks can't chew. <laughs> no, I guess. Well, would, actually, would, you, would you like to tell us something about how ducks eat? I'm sure you I have would, a fact. I would love to. So they actually have a, a, a row of teeth, which is not for chewing, but it is for um, it is for trapping food in their bills, but letting out the water while they feed. Oh, that's awesome! Kind of like a um, kind of like wa- a kid sucking up bath water and just like shooting it from between his two front teeth. Yeah. I thought you were going to tell anybody about that. <laughs> oh man, we, I am the I am the five hundred dollar therapy visit. Um, so, I am the water you shoot through your teeth. <laughs> that's, um, that's, Goslin, man, uh, that's great. Goslin Let's just talk is... about his catchphrases for a second. <laughs> so his, I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the surprise in your cereal box. Like whatever. I am the batteries not included. That's so good. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm horrifying you. Like, the terror that flaps in the, mi- the night, great. That kind of, that brings up Batman, that calls back, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. But then the second one's like, I'm also a mild inconvenience. It, not always. It actually conforms to the situation pretty well. If it's, like, fair, if, if the villains are actually freaking out because he showed up, he'll make it pretty ominous. Mm. And if he's surprised, like, if he's being caught off guard, or if he just <laughs> walked into a trap, he'll say something stupid like, I am the batteries not included. I'm the tag on your mattress or something like that. <laughs> that you must not rip. Yeah, like, and he just kind of gets flustered and says something that he remembers from a commercial. <laughs> uh, but I love that whole terror that flaps in the night thing. Like it really just—it's the fact that he brings that up constantly um, really cements his whole uh, need to be this heroic figure. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's almost as good as his "Let's Get Dangerous" line, which is always it always precedes him actually being sort of Batmany and just completely turning the tables and making I, the situation. I get better. the sense that with like his catchphrase that he repeats over and over again, he's like he's waiting for that movie based off of him that he wants to get made, and he like <laughs> is is changing the way he acts so that the movie him is even more badass. Uh, like, he's defending a, a, a drug dealer on the ground, getting beaten up by three guys, and he's just hoping that some kid in the mini-mart is taking a YouTube. Yeah. Ex- Sorry, that I exact was, situation. I was Did you watch that movie recently? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, what about Goslin? Goslin, uh, her, she's voiced by, um, 
Christine Cavanaugh. Yeah, who's also the voice of Chucky from Rugrats and Dexter from Dexter's Lab to give another tie-in to Samurai Jack. Yeah, from, uh, in the Dexter movie Ego Trip, she won an Annie Award for that. Did she? For voicing that, yeah. Well deserved. Well done. Christine Cavanaugh, you are doing God's work. (laughs) Um, Goslin is great in how, she's also a good character in in her own right, and she's not too, you know, multidimensional, because she's not an adult like Darkwing is, but the way that Darkwing reacts to her is very interesting. Like, it's, like, a superhero with a daughter. That never happens because you always have to have, you know, um... Yeah. Like, you, you do have to have, like, a fettered superheroes some way. Like, but it's know, usually Terry like a McGinnis. love interest or parents, yeah. Yeah, it's usually a Mary Jane or, a, or an Aunt May. Usually, if you're getting into the superhero business, you try to, like... You only take the dependents that you're given by life. You don't go out searching for new ones. Yeah. And, yeah, like, the, the, and this is his kid. Like, he he I'm has sorry. to be a role model for her. And I'm, like, I'm sorry, Lois okay. Lane. I, I can't marry you because then my enemies would attack you to get at me, which they already do. And yeah. he's like, hmm, I should adopt a daughter so that my enemies have someone to attack to get at me. I don't know. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> um, luckily, she's full of spirit. So she doesn't well, get into too much she, trouble. She's great. Um, you know, yeah, usually a lot confident. of times you get um, these, you know, superhero add-ons or you know adjacent people who just make the character worse by like tying him down or you know hindering him in some way. You they, know, like, they kind of like, prop Mar- him up, like Mary Jane. Yeah, they kind of prop uh, him up though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're the anchor that allows his spirit license to soar. <laughs> Did you see the uh, Bad Future episode? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's um the Darkwing Duck uh and um Goslin go try to arrest some people and he says just stay here but Goslin goes and gets sucked into the future by what what a Megavolt and uh uh Quackerjack, the clown the clown villain. Yeah. So she gets sucked into the future um and it's revealed that Darkwing Duck without Goslin completely gave up crime fighting um until something in him snapped and then he went super like Dark Knight Vigilante Justice and became Dark Warrior Duck. Oh, and, that's great. And became a supervillain in his own right. And when uh, Goslin comes 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 forward, he goes from his crazy, like, execute all people with a bad haircut sort of mentality to <laughs> and he turns into a big marshmallow. He's just like, Goslin, I've missed you so much! And it's, oh man, it's so adorable. That's amazing. So at the same time, yes, she's sort of a liability in that they can use to get to him, but no one really takes him seriously, so that's not too big of an issue. <laughs> and at the same time, uh, she's um, she, she and Launchpad McQuack's constant like uh, looking up to him and telling him how great he is just allows him to have enough of an ego to support himself. Yeah, he, like he loved it when uh, when Launchpad showed up because Launchpad was like, "Oh, I'm your biggest fan. Can I be your sidekick?" Yeah, he made him an, he made him a like a spacecraft with his face on it. It was his face. The, <laughs> yep. the, the plane is his face, you know. I guess... Which is not helping the ego. Also, the plane is sort of everyone's face. Because they all yeah. have the face of a duck. Well, <laughs> there are some that aren't. There was that one uh, dinosaur that used to be a duck. Talking about Stegmut? Yeah, Stegmut. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then there's that... There's they didn't that try water, very hard. There's that water dog. Liquidator? Uh, li- liquid. I watched the one with the, like, villain team-up. Yeah, the Fearsome Five. The Fearsome Five with the Megavolt, Quackerjack, Bushroot, Liquidator, and, and Negaduck. Therak. What? And Therak. 
Yeah, and Therok. <laughs> and Validus. Five, the Fearsome Five, uh, that's the Fatal Five. The Fearsome Five was a group that fought, I think, either the Teen Titans or the Outsiders. It had enemies like Simon and, um, uh, what was that guy? Oh, Nathan. yeah. Simon yeah. Says, right? The, the, the empath or whatever? Bra- like yeah, Bra- Brain in a Jar, man. Yeah, whatever. Do- Dr. Brain in a Jar. Who's yeah. Your, who's your favorite villain in this? My favorite villain? I do have uh, a lot of I don't know. I kind of like the voice of uh, Megavolt. Yeah. Um, Liquidator is kind of stupid. I don't like him much. I, no, no. Okay, Liquidator's my favorite. Why? Like he he's constantly <laughs> just making like telemarketer he like, phrases. Yeah, he talks like an infomercial salesman. He's like, if you enjoyed that punch, you'll really en- then you might also enjoy unconsciousness. You know, yeah. like, what a Mad Libs way of making a supervillain. Like they what, beat what, him. what is his powers? Water. Let's call him Liquidator. What does he talk like? Uh, Liquidator's got something to do with money. Done. <laughs> so they, stupid. And they they beat him by adding pudding mix into him and using egg beaters. <laughs> yeah, amazing. because because uh, Morgana couldn't get the pudding spell right. <laughs> For everyone uh, listening, yeah. this all happened in one episode. Um, totally canon. Pudding spell. Know, Look it up. Did you notice that um, Morgana and Darkwing? You know they have that like uh, kind of romance thing. They have a great romance. But she I love call, it. She calls him Dark, and he calls her Morg. I saw. I heard. I remember <laughs> thinking that, and I'm like, that really just underlines the the dark <laughs> theme of this show. Um, which maybe we should move into theme because there's not too much to say about Launchpad. Yeah. <laughs> so this show is definitely a lot darker. Um, yeah. Oh, surprisingly, they so, they say that people die. Yeah, um, they in, they do say die. They they deal with con- darker concepts like death, adoption. I think suicide at one point without any buffer. They shoot torture. guns in torture. They they, oh, they man. hero versus villains. You know, like the, the justice. Dubs That's right. One. They have a torture scene that goes kind of further than they need to. Like they show Morgano's head getting squished. I'm like, ugh, I don't like this. Is horrifying. I thankfully was not watching it while I heard that. Yeah, I, of course. Not. <laughs> uh, 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 but I do watch. I do watch most of that episode, and I remember them all being like hooked up to. Uh, you know, sort of James Bond villain-esque torture devices. Yeah. To really, it, it you know, it's also part of the spy genre uh, parody. But they yeah. definitely, they, they shoot guns at Darkwing and Goslin, um, like right in the first episode, like real guns. He has a gas gun a la Green Hornet, but like everybody else uses like lethal weapons. Yeah. It's um, dangerous. Like he, yeah. he'll show, he'll show up did, in episodes like same, this show from did the get previous. Dangerous. He'll, he'll show up in episodes, and from the previous episode, or, like, earlier in the, uh, like, just earlier in the plot of that episode that's off-screen, like, he'll start the scene being in a wheelchair he gets with beat up a casts on his legs, and then he spends the whole episode trying to fight in a wheelchair, and it's just like, wow, yeah. cartoons don't normally identify how hard it is to be <laughs> in a wheelchair. No, the only this one, one I does. remember doing that was Pelswick. Pelswick, yeah. Too too good for its time. People will learn eventually, Zane. <laughs> um, it, but yeah, it. I mean, the whole darker aesthetic allowed them to really take a lot more from uh, the more self serious superheroes with in, in the dark age sort of realm, like Batman, the Shadow, yeah. uh, or the Spirit. Uh, Green Hornet and Zoro were all you know influences into Darkwing. Yeah, I think the superhero tone works better than the spy tone that they sometimes go for. I, um, I think they do the spy tone pretty well. In one episode, they have uh, Steelbeak lower, like, they he literally lowers Darkwing and some Soviet Russia bear from uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. parody. <laughs> I think the, 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 the thing is called, like, uh, Shush. Shush. 
Yeah. yeah. And it's headed by Jay Ganderhooter. Man. Just <laughs> every name is an opportunity for a pun. Um, and I don't, I don't think they ever say what shush stands for. It doesn't stand for anything, I'm sure. Not like it's a counterpart foul, which is the fiendish organization for world larceny. Did you get the foul uh, when I said foul in the intro thing? Yeah, I did. I was hoping. But like I was saying, um, Steelbeak definitely uh, lowers him in a Soviet Russia bear into a tank of sharks and then just fucks off. Like, yeah. how much more James Bond can you get? Steelbeak, by the way, Rob Paulson. No way. Is yeah, it Robert Paulson? Yeah, they actually um, designed the character around Rob Paulson. Really? They're like, we are going to have Rob Paulson on for a villain. <laughs> we know we want to call him Steelbeak. I think he's my Let's least favorite. Let's change so the personality dumb. to fit it. Um, I, I did like the one where he reanimated uh, Taurus Bulba. As I a, love Taurus as Bulba. As a cyborg. I think Taurus Bulba is my favorite villain. He's he's a good he's a good villain. Like he's got that kind of like oh I've thought fifty steps ahead kind of thing. Yeah, he's definitely a definitely a spy master. He's a, he's a great, you know, he's an even better counter to Darkwing than the Negaduck is. Yeah, Negaduck's um, not really a counter. He's just sort of the uh, copy paste. Yeah, but but Taurus has these like big plans. Like he's he understands how the genre works. He understands how to plan ahead and to think of things. Whereas Darkwing. You know, Darkwing has all these skills, but a lot of times he's just flying off the seat of his pants. Yeah, in, in the opening yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a big well, coat and a hat. I mean, that'd be mask. ridiculous. Uh, in the opening uh, episode, Dark, Darkly Dawns the Duck, I think it's called. <laughs> um, Which again. Yeah, Taurus, Taurus Bulba uh, correctly assumes that, like, he's going to blink Morse code to get to Darkwing Duck so that he can get to Goslin because That's... he remembers the code to the Ramrod or something. Yeah, yeah. And, uh,. He's like, how, every, all his henchmen are like, how are we going to be sure that he knows Morse code? And he's just, he's just kind of like, oh, that goody goody. He probably has it under his pillow from his Boy Scout days. And then like compounded he with does. the scene, he does. He literally left it under <laughs> his pillow. He's like, good thing I never got rid of this. That's great. Uh, That's great. Yeah, um, it, it really is. There's the, a lot of spy. There's a lot of spy. Thing. I just wanted to like touch on the spy thing one more time, just in case you had any uh, doubts about how noir this was. Yeah. A lot of the episodes talk, are like him, you know, um, it, it, he and then some of the villains also tend to be very noir and pulpy. Like, in a lot of the opening, he's talking about his cases, sort mm-hmm. of, um, which is a very noir thing to do. Like, you can easily see Darkwing as a private investigator talking about, like, the oh, sure. that just walked yeah, into his he office. Provides, he provides his own narration. Yeah. Out of all the duck ponds to walk into, she had to walk into mine. Damn, right up to heaven. That Morgana. <laughs> uh, There's a problem in Oil Arabia. I kind of wish more of the scenes would have been at night to accommodate that. And maybe yeah. have the music be a bit more, like, brassy and dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's more a, an occasional more throw-off, but I, I feel like they could have gone farther with it. Because well, the... melodrama and wordplay are pretty prominent both in this show and in, um, yeah. and in, in more. The, the show actually was supposed to be much more spy-themed. Um, yeah. It was originally supposed to be called Double O Duck, but Ian Fleming, who uh, writes the James Bond series, uh, you know, would have let him let him dry due to the copyright. So they had to switch the tone. Like they were like halfway through the first episode, like finishing it, and they were like, "Oh, we got to change it." Oh, that's a shame. I kind of wanted to be more noir. I think the superhero tone works better. The thing is, I don't think it works better because it the superhero tone has a, a greater 
emphasis on funny moments and action, which the show is funny when they're doing puns and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, which I do agree is a strong suit, but I feel like it's... This is sort of the opposite of Samurai Jack, where I, I feel like they're the drama that is this failure character with this dual lifestyle is kind of the strongest aspect of the show. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think they could have gone farther with it, whereas in Samurai Jack, I kind of just wanted to be jokes all the time, because that's <laughs> what they did the best. Yeah. Um, well, not all the time. I mean, there's still set pieces and, like, build-ups, but they didn't do the tension as well. Um, and I, I don't know. I just really like the character. Would have liked to see more done with them. I just generally like the uh, superhero genre. So That's true. I don't mind. I do like you noir. You might be a bit biased. Um, but I think noir is a bit harder to do. It is harder to do, but you have to admit that the parts in which this show attempted noir, it actually worked extremely well. Yeah, yeah. Although it really worked, like the superhero angle worked just as well. So, I don't know. It's It had a pretty pretty broad palette for its parodies. And yeah, I think no- it really worked for all of them. Yeah, I have no complaints with how it turned out. It'd be interesting to see, like, if they did, like, a, not necessarily a sequel series or a spinoff, but, like, a like a mirror series where they do the same stories but as noir. That'd be interesting. That's that's not a bad idea. Like, what if you just had, like, one... I guess you can kind of view a lot of long-running series that have gone into several different syndications as that, whereas, like, one time it's serious and one time it's goofy and campy, sort of like a Batman thing. Oh, okay. But that would be interesting. I was trying to think of examples. Yeah. That would be kind of interesting just to view it through a bunch of different lenses. <laughs> it, uh, like like a Wayne's World, like an ending of Wayne's World. All right, let's do the Scooby Doo mystery ending now. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but uh, one thing that uh, it does a lot more than other cartoons that uh, Disney tended to do at the time um, mm-hmm. was that it did a lot of action scenes. Yeah, which were which were pretty well choreographed, I think. Yeah, I, I think was very, that's... pretty rarely bored when there was an action scene going on. I think this is one of the reasons why they needed such a wide range of different villains. Like, it seemed like every other episode there was a new villain. Um, yeah. So, which makes sense, because, you know, you're not going to fight the same guy the same way, and if so much of the show is on the action, I, I think that drove a lot of the need to develop new characters to fight. I, I, I actually thought they frequently used uh, the same characters, but, you know, I only watched like six or seven episodes. So, uh, let me do another duck fact. Um, so, the type of ducks which display the duck butt are called dabbling ducks, <laughs> which is great, uh, which is differentiated from diving ducks. Um, diving ducks tend to be heavier and thus have more difficulty flying. And and what are the mighty ducks? <laughs> the mighty ducks are the heaviest, um, <laughs> but they're also remarkably buoyant because they don't sink below the ice. Okay, so Launchpad is a mighty duck. I think so. Um... Females of most dabbling ducks make the classic quack sound, but despite widespread misconceptions, most species of ducks do not quack. In general, ducks make a wide range of calls, ranging from whistles, cooing, yodels, and grunts. So there you go. I never knew that. Another duck fact. Um, I'm really just helping everybody grow. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like Bushroot. I think I actually like Bushroot the best. Really? Out of the villains. Yeah, his voice is really funny. He's somewhat endearing. I like anything. I like anything plant themed. Yeah, I remember we once had a, a a Marvel Heroes game where that was like kind of your genre. Oh yeah, I like. Um, I think there was a uh, the guy the guy running. He he ran another one that you weren't in, 
But basically, I just put points into all sorts of things, but made them all plant-themed, and I became, like, super powerful, but just plant-based. Yeah. I had, like, a, like a wooden exoskeleton, and I could make myself grow. I think, I think my name was either the Green Thumb or the <laughs> Jolly Green Giant or something. <laughs> I would have believed Jolly Green Giant. But I do uh, want to so animation. Yeah. Like I said, the action scenes are a bit better um, in this than in a lot of other Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really got, I'm really getting sick of seeing standard Disney animation. Yeah, it, I mean, it has a surprising amount of depth for a show like this. Uh, what do you mean? To, the, to the animation, like, they can convey quite a lot of things. I was thinking of the, um, like, the henchmen in the first episode. Um, you know, uh, Taurus Bulba's henchmen, you know, they have quite a bit of facial expressions even through the fact that they're like goats and things yeah it's definitely like disney's animation style is definitely detailed and characterized like it's not an anime thing where you'll only have one character emoting or moving at a time like you'll usually have everyone acting and reacting to what everyone else is saying Mm -hmm. as well as some background events stuff going on like a lot of the time clouds will move in the background which is great yeah but nice uh, touch yeah very nice but But, i'm just kind of sick of seeing I, I can't even really just, like, I'm not an I, animator. I can't I, really describe how they move, but I'm getting sick of seeing the same thing in this and every other Disney thing. I didn't feel like it was a Disney-type animation. I felt like it was a, a Warner Brothers Looney Tunes animation. You might um, be right. It, it felt so much like that, but I think the classic style of Looney Tunes affected so many things. I think that's kind of where it, where it started. Um, yeah. But, but it stayed around so long because it's very effective in conveying emotion. Especially, it is effective, um, but having seen so many cartoons, I feel like it's stagnant. It's especially good at uh, part at portraying sarcasm and irony, which are needed in this show. Well, I when agree, you, it's yeah. like, there are other ways to do it, and yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I sort of wish Disney was a bit more experimental, like, uh, like Pixar tends to be. Hmm. Especially since, like, Disney seems unable to move on from anthropomorphic animals. <laughs> like, I, when you have, like, a show about an anthropomorphic mouse, and then you have a show about an anthropomorphic duck, like, uh, what, are you really going to break the bank? show about an anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic duck? duck? a different one that is vaguely related to the first one? <laughs> are you going to come up with a whole new animation style? Makes no sense. We already know what works. But I am, yeah. you know, just... I am saturated with the style. And yeah, I think I, that's just from a... I think that's just because I I watch more cartoons than most people. Like taken on its own merits, taken on its own merits, the animation is fine. Yeah, I I think it was a marketing thing. You know, again, not they're not trying to risk anything, and and if they had gone kind of in a different direction, I don't think it would have had the same kind of mass appeal that it that it enjoyed. I guess you're right, and and, you know, if it was it is a spinoff. If it was terribly experimental, it would have like part of the reason for the spinoff is because you can just take the popularity from the other series and. Put all put your built-in fan base into this new thing that might appeal to a broader range or a different range. You, you got without keep losing it your old close. fans. You got to keep it as close as possible. I suppose so. Like, did if, you feel? Did you feel like it was kind of dated? This show. Well, it was from the nineties. What do you mean yeah. by dated? Um, like the jokes. Not necessarily the, the dialogue. Jokes. Which, by the way, the dialogue is very reminiscent of noir. Like, yeah. there's constant like uh, wordplay and people. Uh, uh, people kind of uh, making puns back and forth based on a situation. Like, almost almost all the time that he's talking with a villain, Darkwing is like James Bond. Yeah. No, I was thinking, like, you know, the Donald Duck adventures 
or, or Donald Duck Adventures. Yep, the, I remember that show. <laughs> no, not the show, but in the comics, Donald Duck does go on adventures. Um, the, but, that's what the, that's the title of the comic. No, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I would love um, to read a comic that's just titled <laughs> "Donald Duck Does Go on Adventures." Just complete antithetical <laughs> to anybody who tries to assert that he does not. And one one commenter um, like wrote into the like a letter to the editor: "Donald Duck does not go on adventures." Um, but um, okay, well, the stories with the, with the three nephews, Huey. Lewis and the news. The news. I was actually <laughs> going to make that joke as well. So thank you. I expected this from you, Huey, but the news. Man, <laughs> um, the news just like is like the black sheep of that <laughs> plot. Uh, but those those adventures, you know, they go they they investigate ancient ruins or you know the mummy or like really old stuff. Whereas in, in Darkwing Duck, it's yeah. the present, which at time was the nineties. It, it's like Seinfeld. You know, a lot of the plots could have been solved with. Good the cell internet. phone reception or the internet, yeah. Think so? I I, think, I I I don't think I don't think that's true. At least not to a greater degree than anything else. Like I I think that a lot of the time he really is just he kind of has to track down the criminals based on showing up at the right like a uh, stakeout or like putting the pieces together or tailing someone visibly. Like I I wouldn't think that he'd get a lot more done with cell phones. Yeah. I, I guess that's fair. I just remember thinking that I don't know what it was. I remember thinking that something about this show felt dated, but I didn't write down what. So yeah, you might very well be right. Like I think this is this is by far the oldest cartoon that we've done so far. Yeah. Um, by at least at least five years, I think. Hmm. Um. So the expectation that things might be dated is is relevant. Um. Maybe I remember it was just one the animation time, style. At one point, they make an oblique reference to video games. And oh, kind of yeah, but it's it's very short and it doesn't really go in depth, so <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't rub up against any you know modern video game. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I I, I don't think I re- I noticed it, but you might very well be right there. Um, Do we have anything for the uh, for the audio? I have a lot for the audio, but let me I, start I off don't with have it, much with an audio thing for ducks, which is <laughs> okay. So for the for the duck quack, you know, like I said, most of the female ducks make the most dabbling ducks females uh make the classic quack sound. There's the an urban legend. There's, there's an urban legend that states that quacks do not echo, but this was actually myth busted. Quacks do not echo. Yeah, apparently that's an urban myth. But uh, it was, it got myth myth busted by uh, Jamie and uh, Adam on those. Yeah. Their names. Yeah. Yeah. Are there are there sounds or or vibrations that don't echo? Is that a thing? It's, I thought echoing was dependent the, on like the environment. It, it's it's dependent on the both the environment and the wavelength of the sound. So I can kind of you know get my physicist rocks off right now. Um, Please the, do. The phenomenon that uh, would lead to an, an echo not happening uh, is if the resa- re- rebounding sound waves happen to be. Uh, uh, destructive interference, which happens at one half la- the wavelength of the sound. If it's if, if the returning echo, the returning sound wave is one half wavelength of the sound uh, off beat, then it will be the exact opposite of the sound wave going in, and it will not uh, will not come back out for the duration of the sound wave. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Destructive interference. Yeah, uh, seen in universities and darkwing. 
Um, yeah. Well, not really. But uh, I do actually have a lot for of those, music and For sound. those of you who don't understand physics, imagine if there were two roller coasters and where one's going on the uppy part and the other one is going on the downy part. They meet in the middle. Of, they meet in the middle. And then you don't have a roller coaster anymore. If you were to average out those two roller coasters... You would have death and destruction. Right. You, you would get no echo. Don't go to a roller coaster park that has both roller coasters on the same track. <laughs> yeah, that's a mistake. That's that's the take home here. We learned that the hard way. <laughs> we are not allowed to go back to Six Flags in <laughs> almost all of the states. And after this comes out, we will not be allowed in Disney World. <laughs> I can imagine that's true. Um, <laughs> you, I can just imagine you going up to like the Donald Duck uh, uh, person, like person, and mm-hmm. uh, and just saying like, "Would you like to hear a lot of duck facts?" <laughs> <laughs> here. Here's a picture of the largest uh, largest rubber duck ever made. It's over 400 pounds. <laughs> you should you should watch the uh, you should watch you, you should go on Wikipedia and look at rubber duck facts because it's actually pretty interesting. Uh, they I'll actually get became, right on that. Yeah, they became a hot item in the late 19th century with the emergence of the rubber industry. <laughs> um, and actually, Jim Henson popularized the rubber duck by having uh, Ernie sing Rubber Ducky. Uh, yes, that sounds who, familiar. Who, uh, it, the, the, the plot of that song, for those who don't know, uh, Ernie uh, convinces, you know, in a longing sort of ballad, uh, that his rubber ducky is the one, and is the only <laughs> one that makes his bath time lots of fun. It's it sort was, of erotic for a kid's show, but it's, you know, it's, it a, it's timeless. It was, it was a big marketing ploy on behalf of Big Duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Big Duck, Big Oil. Um constantly at odds with each other. Uh, Little Richard sang it on a guest segment of Sesame Street. What? It's amazing. Go go look that up when you get done with when we get done with this because it's really great. Ugh. He sung, sings Rubber Ducky in classic Little Richard style and there's like <laughs> a lot of soap bubbles around him and he's not he hasn't like Are the changed puppets, his like, attire screen, at all. Like digging it? There is a puppet on screen like doing violin or something like that and he's That's just kind of at his piano in like with the Jerry curls and everything, it's great. <laughs> He's just um, singing Rubber Ducky. Yeah the the audio in this show is not like that. <laughs> right? No, it's not quite as jingly. <laughs> kind um, of roller coastering us back onto track. Yeah, the music is mostly uh, the same cartoon superhero fanfare we've heard from all the shows of this ilk and era. Mm-hmm. I think, which it's suitable, um, which is fine. Um, the theme song is awesome. Theme song is amazing. It sort of sounds like it's sung by Michael Jackson. Yeah. Can you imagine them putting in, a, in, in that sort of in that sort of uh, yeah, oh absolutely in, it, it in that sort perfectly. of uh, falsetto range where you can't really tell if it's a, a man or a woman. Yeah, that's uh-huh. the and then just the Barry White impression with "Let's get dangerous." Yeah, that's and it. the best rhyme I've ever heard: "When there's <laughs> trouble, you call D W." That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a been really going in my head. Rhyme. It's been going yeah. in my head been pushing out the Hamtaro theme steadily, but uh, it's it's slow to let up. Yeah, it hasn't quite hit the, uh, you know, number one spot of shiny teeth, but uh, no. it, it has cracked the Cartoncast top 40. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we don't even have 10. So, Which is think... why it was so easy to get there. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't say it cracked it, though. It implies that there's been some destruction or dis- disruption of, or the, eggs. of the top 40. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we didn't crack any eggs yet. Well, I mean, the this, sh- this show is is foul enough for for duck based 
thing. This, this shell is a 10,000-year-old buck egg that is only 20 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought, like, uh, <laughs> the the music in the show, uh, it, a lot of it was kind of orchestrated background music, like in Looney Tunes, again. But mm-hmm. uh, just, but it also had a, a sound effects that are kind of orchestrated. You know, like, if somebody's turning their head, it's it's not like a... Um, it's not like a sound effect from a can. It it'll be a flute doing something that flutes do. Very rarely did I hear anything that was like wacky sound effect, and it it, it drew a lot of attention to it when it was. Yeah, there's uh, it, it, there definitely aren't wacky sound effects so much. I mean, there are whenever someone's getting hit in the head with an anvil, which happens pretty frequently. It, you know, there is some slapstick there, but it's it's usually pretty Looney Tunes. Yeah. Um, as well as, like, the little, like, flute beats. Like, uh, you, I mean, everyone kind of is familiar with the Looney Tunes. Like, imagine Bugs Bunny kind of, like, looking at a, a vast field of flowers and it slowly pans from left to right. What, yeah. what a music immediately happens in your head, that whole... Oh, yeah. Like, it's... The classic. Yeah, it's, it's Pavlovian, uh, in that way. Um, that sort of, you know, leitmotif for any sort of scene is very, is very presence in this show, I think. Yeah. Um, as far as the sound and music goes, I think it's a good place to talk about the humor. I think we already touched on it a little bit, but I did want to recollect that the dialogue in this show is just very, very good. Mm-hmm. Like, it, a lot it's of... reminiscent of common stri- a comic strip, is all, all the quips. Yeah, quips, puns, alliteration, some rhymes, it's it's banging on all cylinders. Yeah, it's really great. Did you watch the, the Bushroot episode? Uh, no, I, I watched the one where he was part of the uh, Fearsome Five, but I didn't watch the one with him on his own. With him on his own, it's just plant, pe- it's just plant puns for a straight 20 minutes. It's, wow. Yeah, it, you know, Darkwing Duck comes in with his, you know, I am the terror that flaps in the night, I am the termites under your floorboards. Nice. You know, there's like a, you know, like, it's time to cut these guys down to size, and he pulls out a big hedge trimmer thing. Um, <laughs> you know, you... Like it, it's like uh, it looks like Bushroot is getting back to his roots. He's like tunneled, uh, tunneled out or something. Like just the whole time, it really just does feel like it could easily be a comic strip. Sounds sappy. <laughs> it's a little bit sappy. Uh, yep. So uh, yeah. What else do we have, man? I'm stumped. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> do you do you want to you want to take that one back? No. <laughs> no. No, I would not. No. <laughs> um, I uh, I don't really have much else. I think, um, you know, o- overall, I, I very much enjoyed watching it, but... Uh... I did, too. Although, I think the whole... I, I think the Disney aesthetic to it, like, mm-hmm. I kind of got bored with watching it just because it, I, I'm used to it. Yeah, I've, I've seen it before. Once, you, once you've seen this kind of cartoon and you've watched a few episodes to kind of get exactly how this cartoon differs from you know, uh, another given Disney Warner Brothers type cartoon, mm-hmm. you can kind of fill in the rest on your own. Although, um, as far as the dialogue and the puns and themes and, you know, the story goes, uh, mm-hmm. it was more original than a lot of the other Disney things. So if you are going yeah. to watch this, don't feel bad about just putting it on to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Even if it's just to get those uh, terror that uh, flaps in the night lines. Or just yeah, just put that as your 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 homepage. Just put super there <laughs> as your homepage. It's a good yeah. way to wake up. It's it's you know it's original for being a spinoff, 
mm-hmm. you know, a successful spinoff. Yeah, uh, like Joey. If you're gonna, if you're gonna <laughs> watch, you know, something in this sort of classic style, this is a very good one. But Was Joey about baby kangaroo. Yeah, it should have been. Yeah, yeah, I would love to see that crossover where, where Joey gets like uh, cartoonized, and oh, he, like... and turns into the kangaroo son in Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Wait, Rue? Jo- Joey. Really? I thought. I I have no idea. Uh, man, I'm so far out of my depth. I have not watched like any Winnie the Pooh. Well, then that's next. Oh god, I hope it's not next. It's not next. I do. You're have... not. You're not really going to be happy with what is next. But... <laughs> Before you get to that, I would like to close up with one other duck fact. Sure. Which is in 2002, psychologist Richard Wiseman and colleagues at the University of Hertfordshire in the UK finished mm-hmm. a year-long laugh lab experiment, concluding that of all animals. Ducks attract the most humor and silliness, and he said that if you're going to t- tell a joke involve tell a joke involving an animal, just make it a duck. Huh. <laughs> um, which two things out of that? One, that's a year. It's a year <laughs> of a lab doing an experiment to conclude that ducks are funny. <laughs> like, I could told you that ducks are great. Ducks are my favorite animal. The second of which um, is kind of weird to see a show where there's a lot of anthropomorphic animals and they don't really... Like, are ducks supposed to be humans and then there's, like, a mole and a bear and they're just supposed to be different nationalities? Is that the idea? There are some birds that are just birds. Yeah, it's weird little Pokemon vibe. A little inconsistent. It is a little bit inconsistent, but I think... I'm not sure whether or not I like the whole animals as different nationalities thing. I liked it from Mouse. I thought that was really great. Well, because as as in Mouse, it was part, as, it was an essential part of the storytelling. Yeah, it was the predator prey allegory. Sure, right. but like here, here it's duck. just kind of to make for the... duck's sake. It was for duck's sake. It was for duck's sake. Uh, wow. All right. Well, I think we've <laughs> finished making this omelet. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what we're into next? Uh, for our next egg that we'll be cracking. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's get cracking with. I'm glad that you sort of opened up this uh, early 90s uh, place. Although, I've opened uh, up this bag of worms so that we can feed it to ducks, which, by the way, ducks do subsist on worms occasionally. Great. And mm-hmm. don't don't feed ducks bread, I think, I read. I, I remember hearing. Which is like, a shame. They, they can't digest it, because it's adorable. Yeah, it's probably the cutest thing I've ever seen. Um, yeah, the ducks have gotten into the whole gluten-free thing. And... Yeah, they're kind of pretentious <laughs> now, but, you know, they're sexy, so I, I can give them a pass. Um, but this next show, you know, it, it's an early 90s, but it has kind of that 80s aesthetic, that 80s sort of G.I. Joe, Transformers, hey, we're gonna cash in on some uh, merchandise aesthetic. Every time you introduce a show before you're saying the actual title of it, I'm just, I just dread it. <laughs> you like need a PR guy or something. You just don't sell me on any of these things with the preface. <laughs> you took uh, forever telling me it was going to be Hamtaro. Um, I I was afraid for my safety. I had to make sure that you weren't within striking range. The um, but uh, so the the reason that I picked this one, and I'm going to just drag this out as long as I can. Um, I I, I deserve it. <laughs> I've I've been reading um, the Once and Future King. Uh, by T.H. White, which is uh, four, it's a collection of story. it's four books, the first of which is The Sword and the Stone, the classic King Arthur tale. Sure. And I thought, well, are there any cool, you know, King Arthur animated series? There are oh, quite a man. few. The one I picked is uh, 
early 90s. It is called King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Oh my god. And Ben, uh, just take a look at the <laughs> intro theme. It's basically King Arthur with an 80s G.I. Joe aesthetic and the soundtrack to Power Rangers. Hang on a second. Are you gonna are you gonna listen to it? I'm gonna right do now? it on I'm gonna do it on 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 Mike. What is it? King Arthur. King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. It's it's like one of the first autos fill. <laughs> oh it? my god. It's in HD. Awesome. It does not look like it's in HD when I saw it. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing football! <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. That's the premise. This guy looks like he's a Mega Man villain. <laughs> oh my god. This looks like horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't mind it as much as you might think. I, like, I, the, ba- the battle scenes are pretty good. I, yeah. I've only watched one episode so far, but it's it's pretty fun to watch. It sounds like Dio is singing the intro. Yeah, just don't take it too seriously and it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really into this now. That guy just <laughs> fired his lance out like a missile. Yeah. Oh my god. Man. So, we'll see if that lives up to the, uh... <laughs> to yeah. the thrill of that intro. <laughs> I hope there's a holy diver in that so like, I can really complete like, the Dio search. I was, I was interested in the King Arthur thing, and then I watched that intro, and I couldn't was stop. I was like, okay, let me, let me look up other things that we might be able to do next time, and it just kept playing in my head. <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> it's glorious. I actually started watching that before I started watching any of Darkwing Duck. Really? I was, I was so excited. <laughs> did, did you need, like, something else to... Some other theme song to push Darkwing Ducks out of your head? I I needed to watch an episode to make sure that this next episode isn't going to be a spike cast one. Yeah. <laughs> and you I know, hope it you might find... be, but, it, but it, not intentionally. <laughs> well, I hope you didn't find Darkwing Duck to be a spike cast one. Oh, no. I was I, I was I was very into it. I really liked it. I had a lot of... I, I enjoyed it a lot. I didn't find it was, you know, the most interesting. Like, there wasn't a lot to sink my teeth into, but I, I did enjoy what I watched. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. I guess until next time, let's get denouement. Rubber ducky, you're the one. You make bath time lots of fun. Rubber ducky, I'm awfully fun of you. Rubber ducky, joy of joys. When I squeeze you, you make no.